Hello, everyone, and welcome to the uh, Monday, March 12th, not March 12th, April 12th edition of the Monday check-in. So uh, I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, and I think it's the first time we've done the Monday check-in on Monday for a while. It's been a couple of weeks, yeah. <laughs> but here but we are. Again, yeah. Also, you know... Time is a human construct, so <laughs> what difference does it make, I suppose? Uh, so we are, we're both pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, and uh, what we do on the Monday check-in is we spend some time and we sort of give a little preview of the scripture that uh, that's going to be used during worship on the upcoming Sunday, so we have a little bit of a chat uh, about that. And then we switch gears and share a little bit about life of the church at First Press, what's going on, what folks uh, might want to be aware of. So uh, anything else before I, before I offer a prayer? I think you've covered it. All right. Fair enough. We've set the agenda. Now we're going to carry it out. Uh, let's join together in a moment of prayer. God of wisdom, God of courage, God of questions and belief, God of hospitality, God of love. Ask that your presence might be with us as we engage with your word once more, as we turn back to your holy scriptures um, and consider what it might mean for our lives. Consider the light and truth that is yet to break forth from them. May this time that we share together uh, be a blessing to us. May it be a blessing to others. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this coming Sunday is the uh, second Sunday in Easter. Does that seem accurate? Third Third? Sunday. Because Easter counts as the first one. Okay, I didn't know if that counted as... This Sunday was the second Sunday. And so uh, the coming Sunday will be the third Sunday in Easter. Second Sunday after Easter. Maybe that's yes, what I'm... But that's the third Sunday of the season of Easter. Yeah, I didn't know if that counted as as part of it or not. According I mean, I guess your, January 1st is part of January. Even yeah, it's and Revised Common Lectionary is sort of what we follow as Presbyterians. And so according to the Revised Common Lectionary, uh, this will be the third Sunday of Easter. So, okay. so it's Easter 3. And as uh, folks might anticipate... In Easter 3, in year B. We are in year B. Very good. <laughs> good for me. Uh, we continue to, to hear some stories of resurrection appearances of Jesus this past week. Uh, we have been in John the last two weeks. And this week we switch over to the Gospel of Luke, uh, the 24th chapter, verses 36 through 48. And it reads something like this. While they were talking about this, they being the disciples, while the disciples were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. 
While in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. He said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And that's how that little passage ends. Uh, Greg, what do you got? Well, I mean, this this actually is a nice follow-up from uh, the story of uh, Doubting or Courageous Thomas that we uh, read last week and reflected on, um, mm -hmm. because we've got this post-resurrection appearance, uh, frightening the disciples, and Jesus feels this compelling need to prove uh, both his identity, but also uh, his corporal existence his existence in the flesh right yeah. and so with thomas last week it was uh here here are the 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 holes in my hands go ahead and stick your fingers in them here's the here's the cut in my side stick your finger in it so that thomas can actually touch him and feel the physical body of the presence that is in christ and we have the same thing happening here right touch me and see jesus says for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that i have and then when he said this, he shows them his hands and his feet while they're still in their joy and they were disbelieving and still wondering, he doubles down. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, mm -hmm. could a ghost eat broiled fish? Yeah, Let me show yeah, you yeah. that I'm not a ghost. Because if I was a ghost, <laughs> uh, based upon my childhood understanding of ghosts from cartoons, the, the, the ghost would put the fish in his mouth and it would fall through to the floor because ghosts don't have a physical body. Mm -hmm. um, and Jesus is, is, is proving that, uh, that he is physically resurrected and doubling down on that proof by saying he's hungry, mm -hmm. right? Have you anything here to eat? That's functionally, I'm hungry. Uh, yep. And they gave him a piece of royal fish and he ate it in their presence. A, a clear, important distinction right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think that the part of this is is a reflection of some of the theological questions going on in the community at the time of writing of the gospel that um just what just what exactly was this resurrection um that we're talking about and there's a very clear emphasis here like this was this was a bodily resurrection um but there's this there's this interesting like there's something about this passage. Everything just seems like mixed together to me, right? That um, we have <clears throat> the disciples are in a. Uh, I should have read the bit of the scripture beforehand, but uh, the disciples are in a room by themselves, talking about what's been going on, um, and then Jesus is just there, which is very seems like a kind of a ghostly, ephemeral sort of a thing to be able to do, right? And very much like the passage that we studied from John last week, that, the, that we read the disciples are in a locked room and Jesus appears in their presence, right? So very right. similar parallel there. Yeah, and we have that and it's very intentionally being mixed with this other quality, I suppose, of this, the physical, the body, um, the flesh, and the bones, right? 
and in, the, in a similar sort of a way, we, that we have all of these mixed emotions of the disciples, right? That um, they're, they're scared. And so Jesus says, peace be with you. <laughs> um, and, they're, and then we also get this other lovely little bit of scripture passage that's, uh, he shows them his hands and his feet. And the sentence caught me, while they were in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. No. So, so they're they're joyous. They're, they're happy. They I assume have recognized who this is standing with them, and at the same time, there's still disbelief or question or wonder. You know, my, the sense of okay, what does this mean now? <laughs> what what do we do with this uh, new information that we have? There's just all of these sorts of things that. I think maybe we're generally think of as tensions or we think of as opposites um, being sort of held in one spot in this passage. Yeah, that's, that's really well said. So I did, while you were talking, uh, reference back the passage right before this in Luke is actually the, the road to Emmaus passage. Okay. That's what I thought that it may be. Okay. Right. And so Luke 24 begins on Easter morning and it, it, it tells the story of uh, Jesus resurrection on Easter morning from the perspective of Luke, um, where the women took the spices that they prepared and they find the tomb and they find the two men uh, in clothes telling them, do not be afraid. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And then they go back from the tomb, tell the 11 and the others. And then we have the road to Emmaus passage, uh, which is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Um, I think I say that I have a lot of favorite passages because I do actually, <laughs> but uh, a great story. Uh, and then, uh, and then we have this. So Jesus has 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 appeared uh, to these two disciples, and now he's appearing to to all the others in this in this room. And there's also food in that in the road to Emmaus, isn't it? Because they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. In the or breaking is that of the bread. Later, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this 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 theme of of hospitality uh, to me that runs through these post-resurrection appearances, um, and so we. Yeah, the, with the road to Emmaus, you have these two disciples walking and a stranger comes up and walks next to them and talks with them for hours and looks at them and says, why are you so sad? Oh, haven't you heard our Messiah is dead? And they tell the story. They don't recognize that it's Jesus walking with them. But but when they stop for the night, Jesus says, who they don't recognize, says, I'm going to go on. The disciples say, no, uh, you know, it's dangerous out there. Come in for the night, share a meal with us, stay here. And so in the disciples offering hospitality to Jesus, then they sit down at the table and then we read that Jesus and he, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And so he's recognized in this act of hospitality. And then we have this other, uh, this passage today of the broiled fish where he, he says, does anybody have something to eat? And they, they offer him hospitality. And in that sense, uh, their belief is, is, is strengthened by by doing what Jesus taught them to do, right? By offering yeah. a hospitality to a stranger in their midst, in the case of the road to Emmaus. And in this case, he's still kind of a stranger because we read that they are disbelieving and still wondering. Uh, but Jesus has taught them so well that even in their disbelief and wonder, uh, what they've learned from Jesus is hospitality, uh, which is a form of love, right? And so I, I just love that about these two passages. And, and then... 
um, once once they've come to recognize that it is in fact the presence of the risen Christ in their midst, Jesus teaches them again, and he doubles down and teaches them that this is going to be about repentance and forgiveness of sins to be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem, and then you all are the witnesses of these things. You all are the ones who are supposed to do this work of proclaiming repentance and forgiveness of sins to all the nation, beginning right here in Jerusalem and spreading out around the world, right? Yeah, and that um, that ending, so that, that's closer to the end of this passage, right? And it's, um, it's both a, a reflection back on, I'm pretty sure that it's in Luke, uh, that Jesus makes his public, his kind of first public appearance. They hand him the scroll of Isaiah, um, and, the, and to read in the um, synagogue and the, the passage that he reads from Isaiah has to do with repentance and, and forgiveness of sins. And it's also, um, so folks may or may not be aware of this, it's, it's generally believed that uh, the author of the Gospel of Luke is the same as the author of the Acts of the Apostles. Um, and that this is, so like Luke is part one of a two-part story. <laughs> And we start to see here at the end of this scripture sort of set up and, sort of, and transition into what will become the story of, of the disciples who will become apostles. Um, they will become the folks who are sent out um, to the nations. So we start to get like a little bit of, it's like a, it's like a post-credit scene in the Marvel <laughs> universe. Um, Jesus sort of showing up and saying, starting to say, okay, this message now has to go, you've received this message, now this message has to go to all the nations, uh, and it's going to be kind of up to you folks to, to start that work. Yeah, and and the, the Luke-Act connection is an interesting one, because there, there ends up being overlap, right? So we end Luke, and we actually end right after this passage, moves into the ascension of Jesus, uh, where mm-hmm. Jesus ascends to the heaven, and, and um, then Acts actually starts at the ascension of Jesus. So there's like this overlap, right? And so it picks up the story and it fills in a few more details in this gap between Luke's narrative of the ascension of Jesus and the Acts narrative of the ascension of Jesus. But Jesus says the same thing to them right before he ascends in Acts in this overlap where he says, you were to be my witnesses to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Um, and then Jesus ascends to heaven. And so it's this repeated narrative from Jesus in these post-resurrection appearances that uh, that is that is their job, and ultimately, uh, I would say here, two thousand years later, that that job falls to us as we read these narratives, recognizing that this call that Jesus gave to his apostles or disciples became apostles uh, is the same call that's present for us today. And while we're not first-hand witnesses of these post-resurrection appearances or of Jesus' ascension into heaven. Uh, we have enough of the material here for us to know that that is uh, what happened. And that is our call then to be those witnesses. Uh, so there's some good stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting piece of scripture. Yeah. And if folks were curious um, about, about sort of seeing this connection between the gospel of Luke and the acts of the apostles uh, for themselves, just go to the last chapter of Luke <laughs> read it and then skip right over to Acts and pick up there. Um, and it'll start to become, uh, the connections will kind of start to become pretty, you can read one right into the next. Yeah. And you'll catch that, you'll catch that overlap where Luke and, and Acts are, uh, are literally telling the same story, but 
uh, Axe picks up a little bit into the very end of Luke and then carries on the narrative. And then it is the Acts of the Apostles, which is a really compelling book of the Bible because it talks about the birth of the early church, starting with the Act of Pentecost, and then how the disciples went out and started building the early church bit by bit by bit, which uh, which eventually led to the existence of First Presbyterian Church of Hastings on the corner of 7th and Lincoln, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Long and winding road, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other one other thing that this passage makes me think of, and this idea of holding these sort of disparate feelings and emotions sort of in, in one spot. Um, if folks are familiar with the, it's a, I think it's a Pixar film, Inside Out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and part of what it's sort of about our internal emotions and, uh, and that sort of thing. But, but part of it also about is sort of recognizing that, you know, that a memory can be happy and sad at the same time. <laughs> um, and that's just part of life, that things aren't really just one or the other. Um, things are, are really a mix of everything. So. Well, yeah, and you think about these early apostles and these post-resurrection appearances, and it would be a blend of joy and sorrow, right? Sort of the elation that Christ is risen, but also the the pending reality that Christ says over and over again that I'm going to ascend into heaven, and then I'm going to turn the stuff over to you, and it's going to be your job. So, yeah, Christ is back for for a 40-day period, and so there's joy with that, but there's also the grief that we're going to lose you again. Um, but Christ has a series of instructions that he leaves with his disciples um, in that 40-day period of when, when, when I ascend to heaven, here's, here's your marching orders, folks. Um, and so, yeah, I do like that, Damon, and that may be something I explore in the sermon this week of, of uh, you called it tension paradox, if you will, um, holding at the same time fear and joy, right? Yeah. Holding at the same time disbelief and overwhelming belief, frankly, uh, or doubt, doubt and belief uh, being held in the same passage, just like, just like Thomas in uh, the passage that we studied last week. So yeah, I think there's a lot to mine there, uh, a lot packed into a short, uh, short verse. And uh, yeah, I think, I think it'll preach. Yeah, as I said, it sounds like you're preparing to say that it should, it should preach. I hope so. If not, I'll just ask you to do it. So <laughs> Okay. Well, I mean, let me know as early as you can. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, should we switch gears a little bit? Let's do that. Let's uh, right. update folks on what's going on in the life of our church. And so uh, the first update is, is on Christian ed. So our, our Christian ed for pre-K uh, through elementary school, um, that will continue through May 2nd uh, virtually. Uh, we're continuing to record and post videos to our YouTube channel and packets have been sent home for this last month of Christian Ed. So uh, keep an eye out for those. Uh, we will have a closing picnic on May 5th at Libs Park uh, to celebrate uh, what was a strange year in Christian Ed, but a wonderful year nonetheless. Another one of those tensions or paradoxes, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it will be a chance for us to really meet in person and see each other face to face for the first time all year as the Christian ed community. Uh, and so that's, that's an exciting thing. Um, you know, okay, uh, oh, okay. I want, I need to go back now. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Cause you, you talked about 
it just made me think of like our experience of this past year in connection with this passage of scripture. Um, and because it has been a really strange year um, for Christian ed and for the church as a whole, but there have also been tremendously beautiful things that have come out of it. And, and even just some super practical things. Like I have a lot of skills now that I didn't have a year ago um, because we had to figure out new ways to do things in different ways to connect to folks. Right. And I think about like, if we went back a year from now, hold on, I have to get my cat off the table. Yeah, I know, kitty. Like if we went back a year ago and to the room where we were in, and like there was a lot of at least confusion in the room, um, if not fear or worry or doubt. Um, and, and at the same time, now being able to look back at it, some wonderful things have come out of it. There's still some questions for sure. Um, but I think about that as, as, as another sort of example of, of holding both of these things at the same time. Like, yeah, like we couldn't do in-person stuff for a long time, but it also gave us the opportunity to develop this little podcast thing and, and a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and I think that that holding that, uh, in the, in the years to come and, and the lessons learned is going to be important. I was, I was talking, um, I was helping to teach the heirs of parent adult study on uh, Sunday. And we were talking about what does the future of the church look like and, um, and that sort of thing. And we had, we have had a member, not a member, we've had somebody join our heirs of parent class uh, faithfully every Sunday from California. And she said, yeah, I know that I'm probably not going to be able to do this. And I, and I said, well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we see you as part of this community while you're not a member of this church. And, and I think we need to make accommodations for you to continue to be part of this community. And that's a good thing. Um, that, and when we think about it in terms of, of, of sharing the good news of the gospel, we have opened up new ways to do that, uh, that we wouldn't have dreamt of had it not been for the pandemic. And so we will continue to do that. Um, Damon and I are working on a little uh, little project that uh, might connect our remote congregation with our in-person congregation. Uh, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see. Uh, stay tuned yeah. for that. We're kind of excited about what that may look like. Um, we still haven't found a way for Bologna to attend church at this point. But oh, uh, Bologna cool. <laughs> does make an occasional appearance in our uh, <laughs> our podcast. So Bologna now has a more active role in the life of our church than uh, than Bologna did before the start of the pandemic, right? Cat, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? People are going to watch this. They're going to think you're mean and stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> What's the deal? Do you want to go on the porch? Okay, hold on. I'm going to see if I can get her on the porch. Okay. So while Damon is uh, taking the cat out to the porch, uh, I'll update you on a few other things going on in the life of our church. Our, uh, our adult ed forums, which we've been running on Sunday morning, uh, are, are done for the year. Uh, we're going to be working on putting together adult ed for uh, starting in the fall, so stay tuned for that. The heirs of parent class is continuing to meet on Sundays. Um, we're meeting Nailed on it. Sundays. Got it? Yep. All right. Uh, 
Heirs of Parent class is continuing to meet on Sundays uh, at 9.15. We're doing that in person here in the church as well as um, via Zoom, as like I just talked about. So if you'd like to join that class, you're welcome to. I'm going to be leading it for two more weeks, and then I think they're picking up another Adam Hamilton series that they're going to be doing for that. Um, so that wraps up the Christian Ed side. I uh, do want to remind you that Vacation Bible School will be held this year, June 1st through 3rd. Uh, if you have children or grandchildren that would like to join us, please uh, get them signed up. You can go to our church website to find the link for that. Um, it will be outdoors and with face masks for COVID precautions. We're joining with First United Methodist on that. We also need signups uh, volunteers. So if that's something you might be interested in doing to volunteer to help run our VBS, please uh, go to the website or reach out to Steph to ask what needs to be done with that. Um, in terms of worship, we are back to in-person worship in our sanctuary. Uh, we did an RSVP system for the first month of that. We've put pause on the RSVP system, and we're just going to kind of manage folks as they come, as long as it doesn't get unmanageable. Uh, so our first Sunday of that was uh, yesterday, and it went well. We had uh, 89 people in worship. Uh, we had about 100, 180 who were streaming online. Uh, and so we're going to continue to manage that system. No RSVPs necessary. If you want to come on Sunday morning, just show up. Uh, you may get seated in a different seat than you normally sit and face masks are required. But other than that, uh, we're, we're open uh, and worship is open and we hope you can join us. We're still working through what Pentecost might look like. Um, interestingly enough, Damon, I have not had responses from uh, other pastors interested in joining us for a Pentecost service. So who knows? But uh, we are going to do one uh, final joint service with First United Methodist Church uh, prior to Pastor Greg over there retiring. So stay tuned for details on that. Uh, and then we uh, do something fun during the summer. We go off lectionary. Uh, and uh, so for the first half of the summer, we're going to do a summer sermon series on children's literature. So if you've got a children's book that you think would make a great sermon, please please bring that down to us here at the church. We would love to read through that and incorporate that. And then the second half of the summer, we'll do the summer sermon song series, which is uh, of course, taking secular songs and finding uh, the sacred messages within them. Uh, and so if you've got song recommendations for the summer sermon song series, Damon and I are all ears for that right now. Yep, that is, that is very true, so. I think we've covered all the announcements. Anything else we need to do? No, I don't think so. Um, Loni is content, it seems, out on the porch. So life is all good. Right. Can I close with the word of prayer? Yes, please. All right. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this Monday check-in, uh, for the chance for Damon and I to connect with one another for the chance for Damon and I to study your holy word and then to reflect on it and what it might mean for us, what it might mean for our, our community of faith here at First Presbyterian Church and how we might be able to proclaim the good news uh, to the world through, through our understanding of the scripture. Thank you as well for the opportunity and the technology that facilitates this opportunity to gather and and to be your people uh, in virtual and in in-person ways. Continue to bless and guide the work of this podcast, bless and guide the work of First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, that we may be a source of love and light, both within our walls and outside our walls into the community and the world. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
All right. Well, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.